Welcome back to the conversations where we discover again and again where there's a will, there's a way, and where we learn how entrepreneurs around the world are creating a great life for everyone in the company. Well, welcome to the podcast. This is Where There's a Will, There's a Way, and we've got a great conversation coming up today. We're going to hear from Lauren Carson, who's the CEO of Connect Solar, and they've gone for the last couple of years with a great EOS implementer, Anastasia Toomey, and welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you, Will. I'm so excited to be here. Well, so before we begin, tell the audience a little bit about what Connect Solar does. Absolutely. So I started the company seven years ago. I had started out in my living room. It was just me and my sister. And at the time, we were buying and selling solar equipment, primarily focused on the excess market. So to put it in terms everybody understands, we're kind of like TJ Maxx for solar. We'd buy stuff that was no longer the most up-to-date product, stranded product, and inventory of a certain manufacturer. And then we'd go and sell that to installer customers through that process, we ended up running um, warehouses in nine different locations and dealing with freight and all the challenges that come with um, FTL and LTL freight. And so now we have a full service solution where we buy equipment, sell it, and we also do logistics for large utility scale customers. All right. All right. So you've spent the last two years uh, learning and using EOS, right? That's correct. So, so tell us a little bit about that experience. So um, for the first couple of years starting the company, I was—I had my hands in sales, I had my hands in procurement, operations, customer service, finance. And while the company was doing well, I was literally losing my mind. And so I started looking for a solution to get everything organized, um, learn how to run a team, set goals, metrics, run meetings. It's basically a guidebook for how to run a company. And I can say unequivocally that we would not be where we are today if we hadn't found the EOS book, so, or the EOS so, system, I should say. Well, so, so tell me, you, you weren't really uh, losing your mind. What was that like? Oh, man, I, didn't, I did not lose my mind, but I was pretty close to it. I mean, it's essentially you wake up in the morning and all you think about is the business and the company. And you meet up with friends and your mind is over here because you're worried about this fire or that fire. How am I going to get this revenue? So essentially, it's like you become completely unbalanced in your in your life. That's what and, it looked like for me, anyways. That was my well, experience. And so, so what is it now? Well, you know, we we've gone through different phases of the company, and it, it kind of goes up and down in waves. But as the company hits new challenges, but I've found, um, you know, I found that with EOS, you're able to set priorities and goals for the quarter. Uh, measure both what the company is doing, but every individual inside of the company, um, set a framework and a cadence for accountability, to-dos, and follow-up. And so everything just runs smoother and everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. Ah, so yeah. so do you, you don't have to chase around just to make sure everybody's going to get done what they said they'd get done. That, for the most part, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the system is about, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, the, the system's helped us get organized in a major way. Um, we have found that then you hit the next stage of growth, and then everything starts piling up again, and then EOS has tools to to help kind of rebalance everybody's workload. Mm -hmm. Like, one of my favorite tools is the Delegate and Elevate tool. All right, so tell us about that. Tell us about how Delegate and Elevate works for you. 
So essentially what we, what, what we did is we had everybody on the management team take a week where they write down their activities for the week. And it goes into four different quadrants. You have what you like to do and what you're good at. You have what you like to do that you're not good at, what you don't like to do, but you're good at it. And then what you don't like to do and you're not good at. So the first step in that process is to take everything in that bottom right-hand bucket that you don't like to do and you're not good at, and then find either other employees or new hires to then take on those roles and responsibilities. And the idea being, if you could try to focus your day-to-day activities on what you like to do and you're good at, you're going to have more energy for everything. Yeah. And that becomes your unique ability, right? That's where you're most productive, most fulfilled. I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a work in progress. I've made a lot of pro- I've made a lot of progress on delegating and elevating, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be a master at it because you can always get better. Well, yeah, and, and what Gino says is is delegate one thing a quarter. Just delegate one thing a quarter. Move it out. And, and and when we do that, we we don't just dump that onto somebody. We find somebody for whom that's their unique ability, right? No, that's correct. I mean, there's all sorts of different people, which I think when I started out on the entrepreneurial journey, I I didn't have enough um, understanding. I, I assumed most people were like me, but there's somebody for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that's right. It's like, oh, there's nobody in the world, I've heard this so many times, nobody in the world who would really like doing that. And and, and that's not true, right? Yeah, that's it's, not, it's not, not true. true. Not true. That's great. Well, that's wonderful. So, so let's talk a little bit about this EOS life that we're talking about. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, those, those, those five things in it that you're only doing what you love doing, which you're just talking about here, right? Uh, that you're only doing what you love doing with people that you love, that you're making a great contribution, uh, you're being compensated appropriately, and then you have plenty of time left over for your other passions, your family, et cetera. So how's that work for you? Um, I love this list. Um, I, one of When we talk about contributions and, and our why, um, for me, it's, it's the people that we work with. I love um, the fact that you know, everybody spends the majority of their waking hours at the office. So that cultural environment that you can set in the office and how people treat each other really affects everybody's lives. And they take it home to their families and everything else they do. So I like to think of if you're, if you're able to establish those five principles and have a healthy working um, environment where people feel like their contributions do matter, then it, it spreads beyond just the company. It spreads to your customers, your vendors. Um, and then, you know, even their families, like I said. Yeah. Well, all right. So what what kinds of discoveries have you made personally in in, you know, modifying your life to only do what you love doing and then recognizing that you're only working with people that you love working with? Uh, how has that changed how you live? I mean, I think I think if, if you're able to establish those five foundations and then have it flow down to the rest of your team. I think there's just a calmer um, atmosphere in the office. I think people, there's, there's lower amounts of stress and, you know, especially having, having work-life balance, having time for other things outside of the office. I I'm a firm believer that if you don't establish those rules for yourself, like it's very hard to be the most productive you can. Right. In the office. So you're doing a good thing for your employees and for yourself, but it's also automatically, contributing to the business in the bottom line. 
well, which I think well, for some people yeah. is counter counterintuitive. Yeah, but we've experienced yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, as when people begin their business and, and that startup, that crazy startup, where I've heard people describe it as, well, everybody has wears every hat, and we're all doing the same thing, and. You know, to get out of that, to begin sorting those things out so that you have people that you really begin trusting to take on the responsibility, that frees up the founder, the owner, to to begin to live into their unique ability and really do the things that they love doing that they're great at. Now, the finding people that you love, did you have to replace people in your organization as you begin to look at the people analyzer? We, we definitely, I definitely had some uh, false starts, especially when I first started hiring people. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've gotten much better at setting out the role up front and what the expectations are, what the measurable outcomes and scorecard is for each role. Because um, in, early on in my path, I would hire people. I kind of knew in the back of my mind what I needed. And then a lot of times they would come in and it just wasn't getting done, but I couldn't quite explain why it wasn't getting done or, or what I expected. So implementing those tools, it makes all the conversations much easier. You have it laid out on paper. This is what we expect. This is how we can measure if you're doing a good job or if you're not. It makes all those conversations way easier if you've already set the expectations. But that didn't come automatically for me. I'd say it took a couple of years to you know, really hone that skill set. And right. I, again, I don't think the skill set's ever perfected. You're just always right. getting right. better. So now, what role for you does having your core values as part of the hiring process? What does that do for you? I'm so glad you talked about core values. When we, when we first uh, went through the core values exercise, I mean, my experience with core values is it's typically something pretty whitewashed and generic, and it's, it's kind of like not something you take seriously. But we went through the exercise and it really gave us the opportunity to think about, well, these are the people I love. Why do I love them? What characteristics do we all share? And then what characteristics do we want to encourage in the rest of the employees? Um, the core values for us, even though they, they've just been so powerful as far as setting the tone for the company. Yeah. And, and, and now, have you had people who left because they didn't fit the core values? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, we've had a very fortunate um, situation. We haven't had that many people leave over the years, but we have had some. And I think, in hindsight, I would I would say that some of the some of the core values that did get off balance. We have one that's work hard, live hard, and I think it's typically been when the role gets to be too overwhelming or they're outside of their comfort zone. Uh-huh. So we've since kind of beefed up our emphasis of the core values. We now do. Shout outs every weekly meeting of the company. We shout out individuals for living up to the core values. And then we also give out awards at the annual um, or the quarterly state of the company. So uh-huh. we really try to emphasize these core values. And one, one of the things that we're looking at right now is um, we, we set these core values about two years ago. Um, uh-huh. Since then, the staff has doubled, our revenues tripled. And so are these still the core values that are going to keep everybody excited about coming in and contributing? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Now, how how do you see uh, when you talk about making a great contribution? How do you see yourself and your company making? What kind of contribution are you making? 
for me, pers- well, we have we have the company contributions, um, and actually, we do an exercise where we go in and we're going to look at the areas that we want to experience together as a company, the uh-huh. areas where we want to experience growth as a company, and then what are the contributions that we want to make. So we're actually going to go through with the entire company and have an exercise. So everybody has a say in what what is our what are our contributions, uh-huh. and how do we want to get better, and then what experiences do we want to have. Um, so for me, it really is the people. So we're, we're starting to emphasize more of a wellness culture. So Mm -hmm. healthier foods in the office, um, massages every other week for everybody in the office if they want them Yeah, putting together like exercise classes near the office that people can join if they want, because if you're feeling good physically, you're going to just feel better overall in your life. Uh So having a healthy, productive Cult, like office environment is a contribution to the people here. Um, and an, an obvious one, because we're in the solar space, is renewable energy and planet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's a big area of contribution. Right. So you're really making the world a better place. Yeah, that's, that's the hope. That, well, and, is that a hope or is that actually happening? No, I'd, I'd say we are. We've, we've enabled about 500 megawatts of solar installations since the beginning of, our, of the company. Uh-huh. Well that's that's tremendous. That's wonderful. Uh, and and I, I think I think that's part of part of the what I see as a shift in how we're evaluating business. Uh there was a time when investors looked at business only in terms of what kind of return am I going to get on my investment, period. And in fact there's even quotes of the only reason for business is to make money. And 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 I I think we're we're moving beyond that right now. You know, it's interesting because I I started my career out, and I remember one specific business class I had. I went to Trinity University, and it emphasized the fact that shareholders are the priority in, in any company. And then I, I started my career out at Lehman Brothers. I was working on the bond desk there, which <laughs> where it's all financially driven. And yes. so, in my early days of my career, I thought success equals financial success equals success. As I launched into Connect Solar, it was, it was a grind. It was difficult. The first year we had a banner year. The numbers were really, really good, but I found myself feeling really empty and probably more depressed than I've ever been. Uh-huh. And it was because that purpose wasn't there because yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was financial for so long. And, and now I just I know it's not. Right. I mean, and that's what I find this EOS life is about, is, is about helping people to see how they make contributions through their business to themselves, to their families, to the company, and ultimately to the world. I mean, it's it's making the world a better place. Absolutely, I I'm a firm believer that believer that entrepreneurs and business owners have the ability to change the world. They're a piece of it. Um, well, we have well, so many challenges and problems right now, and they can all be tackled by doing things differently. And 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 I think that's the business, and especially small and medium sized businesses are the strongest lever for making these changes right now. I wish yeah, I wish it were the church, but I don't see that happening. I wish it were schools, but that's a much longer play, and and, and it's certainly not the government right now. It, it just that's that's not the place we're going to see that kind of of unity. But but business, we can make those changes very quickly. I completely agree. I could not agree with you more. And 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 what I'm excited about is is as we move forward. I mean, you know, EOS EOS uh, Gino predicted on a on a napkin. I don't know if An- Anastasia told you this story, but 
but 23 years ago, Gino wrote on a napkin and gave it to Don Tenney and said, by 2020, December of 2020, we're going to have 10,000 companies that have been implemented with EOS by our implementers. And Don said, we got three or four people here. How, how do you see that happening? And Gino said, I don't know, but that's what I predict. And so you know, is a well, December, December by December 30th, we had 10,500 companies. And so, of course, we had to set out our 10-year target for the next period. So now, has Anastasia, did she tell you that by 2030, there will be 100,000 companies that will have been implemented by implementers in EOS? That's amazing. Well, and, and just think about that for a moment. If we said that the average number of employees in a company that's implementing EOS with an implementer is 50, that's 5 million people. And if every one of those companies does what you're doing and take the EOS life seriously, not only for the owner, not only for the leadership team, but for the entire company, that's 5 million people whose lives will have been impacted and not even counting their families. Yeah, talk about it. That's, that's an amazing contribution. Yes, absolutely. Now, talk to me about uh, appropriate. Everyone is uh, compensated appropriately. How, how do you do that in your company? So, again, I, I kind of come from the financial background. And um, so what, what we've done is we, we've set up incentives. We try to align incentives for each employee with the outcomes that we're looking for. Uh-huh. So... We, we have fair industry competitive base salaries, and then every single person in the company has either a bonus that's tied to certain rock completions and scorecard metrics, or they're on an incentive-based commission structure if they're, if they're in the sales department. Right, right. Yeah. But um, for, our, for our overperformers, we've set up the, the schedules so that they will be at the top of industry average, if not, yeah, very top of the industry average. So, so would you agree, agree with me that the proper, the proper statement in response to somebody saying, I want more money is, I want you to have more money. Let's, find out, let's find out how, how we get to the place where you're contributing more in terms of value. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really important because if somebody doesn't feel like they have a road path, a road a pathway to get there, they're just going to end up leaving. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you another thing that we've done um, is we've set up an employee stock option plan so that everybody in the company shares in the company's success, like down to the you know most entry level person all the way up to the top. Wow. Because I wow. you know I sit here and I'm like the company's doing so well, but it feels a lot better to say that if by saying the company we're all doing so well. So so tell me how how do you how do you celebrate encourage. Uh, and uh, uh, highlight people doing that fifth thing, which is taking their time for their other passions and to be with their family. How do you celebrate that in your company? So one of our core values is uh, work hard, live hard. Um, we, we have a very flexible kind of office policy. So we have work from home Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. everyone works from home on Wednesdays. And then we're very flexible. If someone wants to go somewhere for a certain amount of time, they can work remotely. I mean, the day in this day and age, it's so easy to do that. Right. Um, we have another. We have a person in our company who um, we got a little off balance, and they they ended up getting burned out. So they asked for an extended period of time off. So we accommodated that. 
I mean, for anybody who's living the core values and dedicated to the company, I, I think of them as family. So I want them to feel like they can run, you know, they can live their lives and work isn't getting in the way of it. And if, if they're following the core values, they're not going to take advantage of it. And uh-huh. so I, I will go to the ends of the earth for for those people. Do, do you ever get them to talk about what they're they're doing in their, with their other passions? I mean, I, I know for me, it's painting. You can see some of my paintings back here. Uh, and and I get to share that from time to time. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about you know when when one of my clients is uh, he loves repairing cars. <laughs> I mean he's a CPA, but he loves repairing cars, and so he'll drive them up when he finishes. They'll go out and look at it, and he'll drive people. They'll celebrate that. Do you, do you guys do that? You know we don't do that, but you're giving me good ideas here. So maybe maybe we'll start doing that. Um, we have a lot. We have employees that have a lot of different interests um, and passions, but I think that's a good idea to celebrate those more. Uh huh. I mean, you know, it, we we want people to take their time uh, to 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 live their other passions, to explore them, to pursue them, as well as their family. But sometimes people get caught up in. This workaholic thing, I know for a, for a long time that was inside my head, long before I <laughs> discovered EOS. But it was, well, if you got time, then work hard, work hard, work harder, take up that. And, and eventually you'll be able to do what? Stop? <laughs> Why don't you stop right now? What is enough? And, and that whole notion of, of it's, you know, it's not just I want to work so hard that I go home and just collapse. It's I want to go home and have time to do the things that I really love doing in addition to working. There's a there's a great exercise where um, we take 24 hours in a day and then you start taking out the essential um, activities. So sleep. So that goes down. So now you're at 16, commuting to work. Now you're at 15, eating 14 and then work. And then it kind of just highlights how are you spending your time? And if you're not blocking out the time to work out, spend with family, and prioritizing them above work, work will bleed into everything. And then all of a sudden, you're way off balance again. And right. I mean, I've, I've been living and breathing the EOS model for two years, and I still catch myself doing that. And I have to remind <laughs> myself and, and recalibrate. Wonderful. Well, well, what do you think, you know, when I, when I look around the world today and listen to the news and sometimes the news gets all caught up in how how awful it is when the reality is there's no fires happening outside my door i got plenty of water i got food i got housing and i have people i love i mean that's a great life for most of us right and and i'm wondering who do you talk to in business and what do you hear from them outside of your company oh it's it's as far as guidance and mentorship, no uh, fellow fellow travelers, fellow CEOs. Um, what do you mean exactly? Well, do you, do you have places where you get to hear how other CEOs and other companies are are working and living? Ah, I see what you're saying. Um, so I, I'm part of the YPO network. Ah, and good. before that, I was part of the entrepreneur organization. And I sought out those groups because I was feeling so lonely. As a uh-huh. CEO, um, it, you just you just encounter a different set of problems and challenges, and 
having that network to kind of share what you're going through with and ask for support, I've just found invaluable. Uh-huh. In fact, that's how we met, wasn't it, through YPO? That's right. That's correct. All right. All right. Wonderful. Well, so talk to me about the future. You, you have a ten, you have a 10-year target out there? Um, we, we do have a 10-year target. Um, so, our, well, we have a five-year target. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're, we're, we're looking to hit $250 million in revenue uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and five gigawatts of panels sold by then. Wow. Yeah. Boy, now, when, when I talk to my clients about six to nine months in, I ask them a question. And, I, and, and it's when we get to that 10-year target as we go through and review the, the BTO, I, I ask them, you know, when you look out there and you say, you said $200 million and 500, five, gigawatts. Oh, five gigawatts, that's big. Uh, when you look at that, how inspiring and motivating is that for the entire company? Now, with with your your equity program that you've got, that might be more inspired. But normally, what the leadership team says is, "Well, probably not for the bolt turners and the button pushers." And then I ask them, and I say, "Well, now, I would never, as an EOS implementer, I would never tell you what to do. But can I dream with you for a moment? What would it be like in terms of?" Just think for a moment, if you said in addition to those two things, that by the time we have our five-year target achieved, everyone in this organization will be living the EOS life or have a pathway to it. If that became part of your your um, recruiting when you're looking for new people, would that bring great people to you? And would that retain your great people and and how would that motivate everybody in the company? You know, I I think that's a great idea. I think I think I'd, I'd say un, unequivocally that would absolutely help retain and recruit people. I don't know why we haven't done more of it before. This two, you're well, giving me great well, ideas. <laughs> well, and, and then just think about think about you know that that's that's the the five million people that are going to be <clears throat> affected. And as those 5 million people, those 100,000 companies do that, what do you think that's going to do to their competition? We're going to bring them all right along with us. EOS or not. EOS or not. Because EOS life is not, it's, it's re- between you and me, it's really not, it's really not uh, uh, only for EOS people. It's, it's for everybody to live that kind of quality life. EOS is a way of implementing it, but it's a wonderful experience. And I think it's going to change the way this world works. Yeah, was, yeah that will change the world. I think that's beautiful. So here we are. We're on the way. Well, that's wonderful. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you'd like to, like to say? Let me think. I mean, I, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I think uh, I... I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think Good. you've kind of made the juices, the creative juices flowing. And, um, you know, we're one of, we're actually focusing a lot right now on the culture. And one of, one of my fears is as we get bigger and bigger and bigger, it's starting to lose some of those, some of the cultural pieces that is a lot easier to maintain when you're a smaller group of people. Um, so as we, as we're moving on to the next phase of scaling, I think having, having those goals is more important than ever. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start thinking about how to really roll this out and make sure it's a strong part of the culture. Good. 
Well, let's stay in touch. Let's, let's talk again in a so while, while and, and see how we're doing. Sounds Excellent. good. It's just a, a wonderful experience to be with you. And, and you know, the, the reality is wherever we want to go, if there's a will, you know there's a way. You have been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Way with Will Christ. If anything resonated with you, you can find tools to help you and your leadership team create a great life for everyone in your company at willchrist.com. Come and join the conversation at willchrist.com.